this is Scott Sischer, Deputy Editor of the Journal of Allergy and Clinical Immunology in Practice, and I'm excited to present the highlights of our May 2023 issue, where the theme is Advances in Atopic Dermatitis. We want to thank editorial board members Peter Arkwright and Jennifer Copland for doing a fantastic job coordinating this theme issue and for contributing a theme editorial that does a wonderful job in summarizing and contextualizing the reviews in this issue and the theme in general. The reviews and feature articles in this issue include a clinical management review entitled Targeting Skin Barrier Function in Atopic Dermatitis, also clinical commentary reviews entitled A Comparison of Topical Corticosteroids and Topical Calcineurin Inhibitors for the Treatment of Atopic Dermatitis, and that comes with CME, also Biologic versus small molecule therapy for treating moderate to severe atopic dermatitis clinical considerations, also with CME. A grand rounds review entitled Managing Atopic Dermatitis in Patients with Skin of Color, also with CME. And a clinical commentary review entitled Skin Antiseptics for Atopic Dermatitis, Dissecting Fact from Fiction. There's also, on another topic, a rostrum entitled Aeroallergen Monitoring by the National Allergy Bureau, a review of the past and a look into the future. Also, a clinical commentary review entitled Gastrointestinal and Hepatic Manifestations of Chronic Granulomatous Disease. And finally, a rostrum entitled Super Responders to Biologic Treatment in Type 2 High Severe Asthma, Passing Fad or a Meaningful Phenotype. Now, I will present the summaries of the full-length original articles in this issue. These will cover the following areas in formation, dermatitis, asthma, drug allergy, food allergy, immunotherapy, and mast cell disorders. Our first article is entitled, Dupilumab Inhibits Vascular Leakage of Blood Proteins into Atopic Dermatitis Skin by Leung et al. What's already known about this topic? Atopic dermatitis, or AD, is associated with oozing and crusting, suggesting plasma proteins penetrate into the skin. The profiles of plasma proteins in AD skin and the effect of IL-4, IL-13 inhibition in their efflux has not been studied. What does this article add to our knowledge? Skin tape strip proteinomic analysis was applied to agnostically examine skin protein profile in the skin of patients with AD. Proteomic analysis detected plasma proteins in the skin of patients with AD. How does this study impact current management guidelines? Dupilumab treatment reduced and or inhibited plasma proteins in the skin, significantly signifying the potential systemic effects of IL-4, IL-13 inhibition in AD that normalized vascular endothelial barrier. The next article is entitled, Limited Health Literacy and Its Associated Health Outcomes Among Adults with At Least Two Atopic Diseases by Zhang et al. What's already known about this topic? Health literacy has been related to patient outcomes, especially those with multiple chronic diseases. Atopic patients who likely suffer from multiple atopic diseases within their lifetime particularly need adequate health literacy to maintain their health. What does this article add to our knowledge? This is the first study to explore the health literacy status among adults with multiple atopic diseases. We identified a health literacy deficit and its associated socioeconomic status and health outcomes in this patient group. How does the study impact current management guidelines? To raise awareness of the importance of health literacy and chronic care for this patient group is the first step. This indicates that incorporating health literacy strategies into daily practice may help improve patient outcomes. The next article is entitled, Muscle Function in Moderate to Severe Asthma, 
Association with Clinical Outcomes and Inflammatory Markers by Visser et al. What's already known about the topic? Many patients with severe asthma report limitations in daily activities, possibly due to muscle dysfunction. Indeed, these patients have been shown to have lower muscle mass than patients with mild to moderate asthma, but the clinical consequences remain unclear. What does this article add to our knowledge? We showed that lower muscle mass was associated with more airway obstruction and lower functional exercise capacity, whereas lower muscle strength was related to poorer asthma control and quality of life and a greater likelihood of emergency visits. How does this study impact current management guidelines? If further longitudinal research confirms that changes in muscle mass and strength affect clinical asthma outcomes, muscle function may become a target for asthma treatment. The next article is entitled Defining Treatment Response for Clinical Trials of Pediatric Acute Asthma by Nivanidan et al. What's already known about the topic? Treatment response is often used as an outcome in pediatric trials of acute asthma. However, the variability in existing definition of treatment response limits meaningful comparisons among studies and advances in acute asthma management. What does the article add to our knowledge? Using an iterative, web-based, modified Delphi process, we developed a definition of treatment response that includes clinical severity score, need for additional therapies, and hospitalization. How does this study impact current management guidelines? This consensus definition can inform use of a consistent treatment response outcome for pediatric acute asthma trials, allowing for meaningful assessment of novel therapeutics to advance acute asthma management. The next article is entitled, Impaired Respiratory System Resistance and Reactants Are Associated with Bronchial Wall Thickening in Persistent Asthma by Chan et al. What's already known about this topic? A recent study demonstrated a significant correlation between bronchial biopsy airway remodeling and quantitative computed tomography looking at bronchial wall thickness. Increased bronchial wall thickness and worse spirometry occurs in patients with more severe asthma. What does this article add to our knowledge? We've shown that airway resistance and compliance measured by oscillometry, nasal polyposis, and severe exacerbations requiring oracorticosteroids are associated with bronchial wall thickening. As the study impact current management guidelines, a significant proportion of patients with asthma currently do not undergo CT imaging in real life. This study identifies clinical features that are significantly associated with bronchial wall thickness. The next article is entitled, Diagnostic Performance of a Machine Learning Algorithm Called Asthma Chronic Obstructive Pulmonary Disease, COPD, Differentiation Classification Tool versus Primary Care Physicians and Pulmonologists in Asthma, COPD and Asthma COPD Overlap by Cox et al. What's already known about the topic? Misdiagnosis of asthma and chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, or COPD, can have many negative health consequences. Machine learning has an increasing role in diagnostic medicine and potential use for healthcare professionals in the accurate diagnosis of chronic respiratory diseases. What does the article add to our knowledge? The asthma COPD differentiation classification machine learning based diagnostic tool demonstrated superior diagnostic accuracy compared with primary care physician and pulmonologists in the diagnosis of asthma and COPD in patients aged 35 and older. How does this impact current management guidelines? The asthma COPD differentiation classification tool has the potential to aid in the differential diagnosis of patients with asthma or COPD and provides a valuable 
additional resource to supplement the decision-making of practicing physicians. The next article is entitled, Incidence of Anti-Drug Antibodies to Monoclonal Antibodies in Asthma, a Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis by Chen et al. What is already known about the topic? Monoclonal antibodies are more likely to be immunogenic than small molecule drugs and can lead to development of anti-drug antibodies, or ADAs. ADAs may worsen drug efficacy and safety. What does the article add to our knowledge? ADA incidence was about 8% in patients with benralizumab and dupilumab studies, and less than 5% for other biologics. The subcutaneous route, lower doses, and longer dosing intervals were associated with higher risk of ADA development. Few studies res- reported ADA effect on safety and efficacy. How does the study impact current management guidelines? Longer dosing intervals, such as imposed by gaps in treatments, and biologic blocking receptors may be associated with higher risk of ADAs to respiratory biologics. The next article is entitled, Blood Eosinophils for Prediction of Exacerbation in Preschool Children with Recurrent Wheezing by Fitzpatrick et al. What's already known about the topic? In prepubertal children with asthma, elevated blood eosinophils predict future exacerbations and are used to guide biologic therapy. The optimal blood eosinophil cut point for prediction of exacerbation and treatment response in preschool children are unknown. What does this article add to our knowledge? Cut point of 150 blood eosinophils per microliter or greater predicted exacerbation outcomes in preschool children, but exacerbation detection was greater with higher cut points. Addition of sensitization variables improved detection of exacerbations and responses to daily inhaled corticosteroids and exploratory analyses. How does this study impact current management guidelines? Blood eosinophil cut point combined with sensitization variables may be useful for clinical assessment and future studies of exacerbation and treatment response in preschool children with current wheezing. The next article is entitled, Differences in Hypersensitivity Reactions to Iodinated Contrast Media, Analysis of the U.S. Food and Drug Administration Adverse Event Reporting System Database by Lynn et al. What's already known about the topic? Hypersensitivity reactions, or HSRs, induced by iodinated contrast media, or ICM, have varied manifestations. However, it remains to be determined whether the ICM type has an effect on HSR occurrence. Furthermore, the characterizations or characteristics of ICM-related HSRs remain unrecognized. What does this article add to our knowledge? Different ICMs presented diverse profiles of HSR, which could be further influenced by age, sex, and area. The risk of angioedema was higher for iopromide. However, iomeprol and iodixanol showed higher risk in terms of severe cutaneous adverse reactions. Iopamidol and Iopromide were more likely to cause anaphylactic shock. How does the study impact current management guidelines? Our study comprehensively characterized the HSR risk profiles of different ICMs, which may provide valuable evidence for the optimal management of ICM use and serve as clinical reference. The next study is entitled Linalidomide Desensitization for Delayed Cutaneous Reaction, a Case Series and a Review of the Literature by Ali et al. What is already known about this topic? Cutaneous adverse reactions to lenalidomide and other immunomodulatory imide drugs are common. 
The mechanism may involve multiple cellular pathways, including T-cells and keratinocytes. Lenalidomide desensitization is infrequently described in the literature. What does the article add to our knowledge? We highlight difficulties in attaining lenalidomide desensitization in patients with cutaneous adverse reaction. A literature review is provided describing varying success in patients with multiple myeloma and other hematological disorders. How does this study impact management guidelines? Given limited cases and case series in the literature, this article provides clinical immunologists and allergists with a framework to undertake lenalidomide desensitization. The next article is entitled Food Allergy Characteristics Associated with Coexisting Eosinophilic Esophagitis in Fair Registry Participants by Guanieri et al. What is an article, what, what is known about this topic? Eosinophilic esophagitis, EOE, and food allergy are important comorbidities with current literature reporting coexisting food allergy in up to 70% of those with EOE. What does the article add to our knowledge? Through novel comparison of self-reported food allergy characteristics in registry participants with and without EOE, the study suggests that coexisting EOE is associated with increased food allergies, food-related allergic reactions, and measures of reaction severity. How does the study impact management guidelines? The presence of coexisting EOE should be considered in food allergic patients, especially those with severe food allergy phenotype. And for those with known coexisting EOE, clinicians should anticipate potential increased health care needs. The next article is entitled The Short Food Allergy Quality of Life Questionnaire, or FAQLQ12, for Adults, by Coelho et al. What's already known about the topic? The Food Allergy Quality of Life Questionnaire, FAQLQ, is the most widely used measure to assess health-related quality of life in food allergy. However, its length can lead to disadvantages. What does the article add to our knowledge? We shortened the FAQLQ for adults and proposed the FAQLQ-12. We applied reference standard statistical analysis to identify relevant items for the new short form and confirm its structural fit and reliability. How does the study impact current management guidelines? The FAQLQ-12 is a powerful and beneficial alternative to FAQLQ. It can help participants, researchers, and clinicians in specific settings, such as dealing with time and budget limitations, and provides high-quality and reliable responses. The next article is entitled Racial and Ethnic Disparities in Allergen Immunotherapy Prescription for Allergic Rhinitis by Modi et al. What's already known about the topic? Differences in allergic sensitization and morbidity from allergic rhinitis and other atopic diseases exist between the different racial and ethnic groups. What does the article add to our knowledge? In the United States, compared with white patients, a relatively fewer black and Hispanic patients with allergic rhinitis are prescribed subcutaneous allergen immunotherapy, or SCID. How does this study impact management guidelines? Efforts should be made to increase the utilization of SCID for treating patients with allergic rhinitis from the underrepresented racial and ethnic groups. The next article is entitled, Bone and Cytokine Markers Associated with Bone Disease in Systemic Mastocytosis by Rama et al. What's already known about the topic? Mast cell mediators, for example, Rankel and IL-6, have been associated with bone loss in systemic mastocytosis, whereas evidence on the role of mediators other than tryptase in diffuse bone sclerosis is lacking. What does this article add to our knowledge? Systemic mastocytosis with bone mass loss is associated with a pro-inflammatory cytokine profile, whereas diffuse bone sclerosis shows increased levels of biomarkers related to bone remodeling in association with an immunosuppressive cytokine secretion profile. How does this study impact current management guidelines? 
routine measurement of bone remodeling markers should be recommended in all patients with systemic mastocytosis. This is Scott Sischerer. Thank you for listening to this highlight podcast for this theme issue on atopic dermatitis. I hope you enjoyed hearing the articles, and I encourage you to read through the entire issue as the editors are confident that the information is valuable to you and your patients. Again, thanks for listening.